Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. A lot of members of Congress are ready to move on from the pandemic, but the pandemic is not ready to move on, and the Biden administration says they need a bunch more money to continue battling it. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. And you ever asked for a bunch of money? The Biden administration has estimated that it needs at least another $30 billion to continue its COVID response efforts. The problem, do I even need to say it? It's got to get through Congress first. Today, reporter Alice Miranda Olstein on the newest possible pandemic funding package and the efforts that Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra is making with lawmakers. So Becerra has gotten a lot of uh, critical coverage over the past few weeks. There have been um, speculation that he is not really central to the government's COVID response that is being run mainly out of the White House. And he's been sort of sidelined. My colleagues and others have had reports on this recently. And so there has been a push following that coverage for him to take a bigger role. And you've seen you've seen that over the past few weeks. He's been looped in more with Biden. He's been more out front on this stuff. And he is definitely leading this push for this funding on Capitol Hill, speaking to senators and staff directly. And so I, I think that, you know, as a former member of Congress, I assume he's leaning on the relationships he built over many years on Capitol Hill in order to make this case to, especially to conservatives who are more spending averse at the moment. So the Biden administration says it needs at least $30 billion to keep its wide-ranging COVID response going. Um, why is that and what is the money for? So the Biden administration is asking for at least $30 billion. $30 billion is just what the Department of Health and Human Services say they need in order to continue the COVID response to keep vaccinating people, testing people, doing, you know, regular public health surveillance work, all, all the things needed. They say their funds were really depleted by the most recent Omicron wave and that they just they are running out of cash and they need more to to keep up the domestic response. And that would likely go in a supplemental to the main spending bill Congress is working on. But there is a lot of resistance on Capitol Hill to spending a bunch more money, especially on the pandemic. A lot of Republicans are complaining that more government spending could worsen inflation. They are also saying that with cases coming down so sharply, they don't understand why this is necessary. And so I think it is going to be a big fight in the coming weeks. Just to get a sense of the challenge in Congress, what did the lawmakers that you spoke to for this story tell you? Yeah, so some, including some Republicans, say that the Biden administration made a convincing case that they just need more money to continue this important public health work. And they say that the Biden administration made sure to demonstrate that the money that Congress already approved in multiple packages over the past few years has either been used up or has already been allocated to different things. Because one of the main arguments 
I'm hearing from conservatives up here who are opposed to more spending is we already gave them so much money and some of it hasn't been used yet. So why should we give them more? And so there is a tension around that. And then, like I said, there's also a tension around just what people think is necessary. There is a big push to declare the pandemic over, even though a lot of people are still dying every day. There's a big push to, quote unquote, go back to normal, go back to work, go back to school. However, the administration says in order to do that, in order to go back to work and go back to school, we need to have these core public health activities in place to prevent another wave coming back in the future. So how long were they expecting this pot of money that they already had to last? And this $30 billion, I mean, it's so hard to wrap one's brain around numbers this big, but did you get any more detail from HHS about the specifics of what they really need it for? So yes, so the $30 billion, HHS told us that it would be for testing, it would be for researching and developing quote-unquote next generation vaccines, basically vaccines that would work even if there is a new variant. Mm-hmm. And also there is a big push for more COVID therapeutics. So pills people can take when they do get COVID that will make the disease a lot less severe and hopefully keep them out of the hospital. But yeah, a lot of the money has been depleted because (laughs) cases soared to record levels over the past few months. The Omicron wave was brutal. We had record, you know, hospitalizations. We had a really high death rate. um, And it just sucked up a lot of the funding Congress had already pumped out into the country for this work. And do you know, like, what happens if they don't get this money? I mean, yeah, the administration's capacity to do some of this work could be limited. I think they'll also just keep pushing for it, keep pushing for it to be included in some other bills. But this omnibus spending bill and a potential COVID supplemental riding along with it is sort of seen as a last chance, especially because we're in an election year. Congress is not going to be in as much and working here on Capitol Hill as much as in a normal year. They're going to leave to go to the midterms. And then there's the strong possibility that Democrats could lose one or more chambers of Congress in the midterms. And Mm -hmm. then it'll be way harder to pass something like this. Uh, A Republican majority in either chamber is not likely to be in favor of appropriating a bunch more spending for the Biden administration to continue its pandemic work. And so there is a lot of anxiety right now. And I should say that that $30 billion is not there's debate about this, but the $30 billion is sort of seen as a baseline because we haven't even heard from other government agencies like USAID about how much they need to do some of the international COVID work. You know, there's the idea that if we don't do more to vaccinate the rest of the world, there is the strong possibility that more variants will emerge in other countries and inevitably make their way to the United States, just like Omicron did. And mm. so you know, while we want to continue taking care of people here at home, the idea is that it is in the United States interest to make sure the rest of the world is protected as well. And we are very far away from that being the case. Mm -hmm. 
One other thing I'm hearing is that there is just not a lot of confidence that Congress can even get the main spending bill that funds the government hammered out in time. Even though they have a basic framework agreement, they still haven't agreed on the details. And so one thing I'm hearing is that there's anxiety that this talk of a COVID supplemental could detract from the main business of hammering out the basic spending bill. And so Mm -hmm. that is another factor complicating things. So what are you going to be looking at in the coming days and weeks? How the Biden administration is making the case to Capitol Hill for this funding, what it would mean in real terms on the ground, both domestically and internationally, both to secure the funding or not to secure it, and what Congress manages to pass in the next few weeks before things run out in March, before government funding runs out in March, um, you know, not just on the COVID front, but on the healthcare front more broadly. Alice Miranda Olstein, thank you so much for talking with me. My pleasure. Also today, the efforts of a bipartisan group of senators that for weeks worked on a sanctions bill designed to deter a Russian invasion of Ukraine has effectively stalled out. Instead of legislation, Senate leadership released a strongly worded open letter standing with Ukraine. And on Wednesday, the Senate confirmed Russia expert Celeste Wallander to a top Defense Department post in an 83-13 vote that circumvented Republican Senator Josh Hawley's months-long slow walking of President Biden's Pentagon nominees. Democrats argued that approving Wallander, who was a top Russia official on the National Security Council in the Obama administration, should be a priority as the Russia-Ukraine crisis continues. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>